back home. It's time for the news from Back Home magazine. Today's news is about masonry mass wood stoves. With the cost for home heating oil on the rise again, there's a renewed interest in cost-effective ways to provide space heating for homes. Ironically, one of the most efficient ways to do this has been around for centuries and requires no fossil fuels. Masonry mass wood stove heaters, as the name suggests, are made with lots of masonry, brick, or stone, and typically weigh thousands of pounds. The key to their efficiency lies in the fact that they can burn a very hot, fast, clean fire and transfer the heat to the mass of the wood stove, so it can then be slowly released into the home over a long period of time. The origin of modern masonry mass wood stoves dates back to the 1760s when the king of Sweden became concerned about a dwindling wood supply in a country that had always been heavily forested. People were simply burning too much wood in very inefficient fireplaces. So, by royal decree, work began to build a better wood heater, one that could use less wood while getting more usable heat. The idea spread across northern Europe from Scandinavia to Siberia. The net result of this effort today are wood stoves over 80% efficient because the heat is stored in the mass of the fireplace, not sent rushing up the chimney to heat the outdoors. A hot, fast fire will produce less pollution than a slow, smoky fire, and some masonry mass heaters burn as cleanly as wood stoves with expensive catalytic converters. Here in the United States, masonry wood stoves gained popularity during the 1970s oil crisis and became commonly referred to as Russian fireplaces since they were often built in Russian immigrant communities. There are dozens of effective designs, but all incorporate some form of baffles or twisted pathways for the fire to flow over and deliver its heat before going out the chimney. Some are simply staggered rows of brick laid up as the heater is built, while others are complicated precast masonry heat exchangers. Energy efficiency aside, a masonry wood stove can be absolutely stunning in your home. Factory-built units are available with beautiful finishes of soapstone, ceramic tile, and decorator colors. Since these heaters deliver their warmth directly by radiant heat, the best location is right in the middle of your home. Many new homes are designed around a central masonry heater as an integral part of the plan, making it a decorative focus of living rooms or family rooms. At the same time, you can buy just the plans and build your own to save money. They can be built in existing homes and often are, but remember, they're really heavy. Without the proper foundation and support, your new living room heater could end up one floor down in the basement, victim of a gravity vortex. But properly designed and built, masonry mass heaters will provide excellent radiant home heat, efficiently using very little wood and not a drop of expensive home heating oil. More information about masonry mass heaters is available from 
Back Home Magazine. Our phone number is 800-992-2546 or on the web at backhomemagazine.com. News from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW, Spindale, North Carolina, with support from Air Check Incorporated, on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening. And you are listening to your community spirit. <laughs> this is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are here to bring you another, I don't know. Another episode of caring, <laughs> sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. And <laughs> Let's see if I can throw out an episode. Today happens to be Friday the 13th. Da, da, da. But it also is, let me give you a few other holidays today. Today is Good Samaritan Involvement Day. Now, they don't just automatically coincide. Yeah. <laughs> These are holidays that are set for the date. Yeah, the 13th of March. <laughs> right, the 13th of March. It sometimes is a Friday, sometimes it's not. Right. So this is very interesting. There's a couple days here that have to do with the date. Today is National Open an Umbrella Indoors Day, <laughs> Planet Uranus Day, and the anniversary of earmuffs. Oh, wow. <laughs> Keep your ears warm. Yeah. Tomorrow... Saturday, the 14th of March, is International Ask a Question Day, International Day of the Seal, International Fanny Pack Day. <laughs> I think we need to break those things out again. Yeah. But we don't have to worry about transferring the stuff from one pair of pants to the other. You just put it in the fanny pack. Then you'll never clean out your pockets, though. See, that's the problem <laughs> with the fanny pack, is when you transfer stuff from one pants to the other, you get rid of some of the stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're so stylish, though, that we might have to put up with that. Oh, really? Uh, okay. <laughs> I think I was being sarcastic. Um, Mother Day? I think... Do you think that's a uh, typo, or it's supposed to be Moth-er Day? <laughs> <laughs> um, Pi Day, as in P-I Day. Yes, 3.1415926 Day. <laughs> the square root of the hypotenuse of... I totally screw that one up. A pie. <laughs> it's also <laughs> especially ironic because it's the birthday of Albert Einstein, genius. <laughs> so, yeah. That's I, funny. Hopefully when I've uh, passed on, I'll have like a, a subtitle like that, you know, Albert Einstein, parentheses, genius. <laughs> like, you know, true song, parentheses, genius, or, you know. Well, it's better than saying crazy because <laughs> he was definitely unique. Yeah, he was. And that, I guess that makes you a genius. So, everybody out there who people don't understand, it's probably because... <laughs> no, I don't know about that. Sunday is March 15th. Brutus Day. The Ids of March. Uh, Ides, Ides of March. Of March. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like... Yeah. <laughs> and True Confessions Day. So huh. don't forget, on Sunday... Well, that's the thing, is on Saturday... International Ask a Question Day. Uh -huh. So you can ask somebody a question, and they can think about it for a day. Yeah. And then the next day, True Confessions Day. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we might cause some trouble here. So 
Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into some happenings. Yes, this is a happening community, and so we've got some happenings to share. It's true. If you have emailed it to us, well, we'll announce it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we have the International Coffee Hour. Start your weekend off with a trip to International Coffee Hour. That's happening today between 3 and 5 p.m. at the International Programs and Services Meeting Room. You can enjoy free refreshments and interesting conversation. If you have any questions, contact Elaine at econrad at siu.edu. And today, March 13th, 2009, Big Muddy IMC. Big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. The film today at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy Independent Media Center is Chisholm 72, Unbought and Unbossed. Brooklyn-based Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm made history when she vied for the presidency in 1972. In fact, Congresswoman Chisholm has represented a series of firsts. She was the first African-American woman elected to Congress and the first black person and woman to run a serious, high-profile campaign in the U.S. presidential primary. Her inspiring journey is the subject of this documentary. This evening at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy IMC, 214 North Washington. Right here in Carbondale. So, other happenings. Habitat for Humanity is having a work day uh, tomorrow on Saturday. The volunteer coordinator says, folks, we will be working this Saturday. We will need from 10 to 12 people. Uh, we will be starting from 8 a.m. to noon, and the address is 2217 Robley Street in Murfreesboro. And I actually received, as part of this email, a picture of the house. And the basement, you know, it's got concrete basement, and they've, they've built the floor. Uh-huh. But just the joist, they haven't put, like, plywood down on the floor. <laughs> yeah. So that would probably be the next step. And then they have, like, a great big awesome stage. To have a party, of course, because <laughs> yeah. it is St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. How did he get a whole day? I think he's got a whole month, no? Because <laughs> yeah. I've seen people wandering around wearing green and acting fun. <laughs> I wear green a lot anyway. Ah, so. <laughs> and now on a serious note. Dear Peace Coalition members and friends, two events are planned to mark the beginning of the seventh year of occupation in Iraq and the escalation of war in Afghanistan. Please save the dates next week. We plan a solemn candlelit vigil to recognize what has been lost in lives, reputations, resources, and progress to our more peaceful world. Next Thursday, March 19th, the day the bombs started falling in 2003. On Saturday, March 21st, we will begin the noisy, urgent call for an end to the endless war and for the urgent need to, quote, put America to work, not war. Bring your drums and other music makers. We will vigil, rally the people, march around the town square to make ourselves seen and heard. Join hundreds of communities around the country doing the same. Again, Thursday, March 19th from 7 to 9 p.m., is the candlelit vigil to mark the sixth anniversary of the beginning of the Iraq War at the Interface Center Labyrinth, which is at the corner of Grand and Illinois Avenue in Carbondale. And then next Saturday, March 21st, noon to 1.30 p.m., vigil, rally, and march to call for an end to the wars in Iraq. 
and Afghanistan. Put America to work, not war, at the Town Square Pavilion in Carbondale. Sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois, Shawnee Green Party, and Students for Peace and Democracy. For more information, call 521-4239. Okay, so do we have any other happenings there? The next one is pretty much a happening. It's kind of a news and a slash happening. Okay, yeah. So just out of both the Illinois House and the Senate uh, is the Illinois Composting Bill Summary. Uh, it's a bill that would allow food waste to be commercially composted in Illinois. It's actually illegal now. You have to transport it to a neighboring state. Mm -hmm. So if you do collect food waste on a large scale, you have to bring it to a neighboring state to <laughs> actually... To compost it. To compost it. <laughs> that seems kind of silly. Yeah. <laughs> so this bill will open up the ability for investors to form food waste composting facilities, creating jobs in Illinois, and selling Illinois-made compost all over the country. The bill will divert waste from landfills, prolonging the life of Illinois' landfills, and reducing gases which contribute to climate change. So what is composting? Composting is a process by which organic materials decompose to create compost. The resulting compost is a valuable soil amendment. And as you said, it's currently illegal in the state of Illinois on a large scale to uh, do it industrially. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it's, well, compost, more people should know about and learn about and do composting because it's like a form of magic. You take all of these leftover food bits and, you know, yard waste and such, and you put them in a pile and they start... You know, the organisms start digesting them and creating new soil. Yeah, if you mix it to a proper portion, it's like, well, magic or chemical reaction yeah. or, woo-ha, I made soil. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a mix of science and magic. We yeah. know what's going on in there, so it's not completely strange, mystical, but it's still magic anyway because it's the magic and mystery of life. <laughs> because I know if you gave me that stuff, I wouldn't know how to turn it into soil, you know. <laughs> All right, that's our happenings. Remember, that is uh, Senate Bill 99. And if you would like your senator or representative to support this bill, please let them know because it is just came out of the Environmental Committee. It has not been voted on yet. But, yes, it is illegal to compost on a commercial scale. So a lot of people are going to have to do it on a small scale to make up for it, right? A... <laughs> Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into some of the news. Yes, we can. Interior Department will speed up renewables on public land. Interior Secretary Ken Salazar on Wednesday announced the creation of a, a task force, okay, a special task force to speed up the development of renewable energy projects on federal lands. The task force will identify specific zones on public lands where the department can act quickly to create large-scale production of solar, wind, geothermal, and biomass energy. And the funny thing is, mm -hmm. someone has already come up with that list. So, like, the task force is going to just go and find the information and then mm -hmm. recommend it. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people have already come up with these ideas. So, task force is a way of avoiding doing what you should already be doing. Uh, well, well maybe not. It's a nice, cushy job, hopefully. They'll sit there and they'll realize, oh, somebody already came up with this, uh, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they'll just come up with it really quickly, and then they can implement things and say, yes, we got things done. Yes. So. Uh -huh. So, in other news, not in our house. 
the U.S. House on Wednesday defeated a bill to set aside more than two million acres in nine states as protected wilderness. Democratic... We don't need no wilderness. Yeah. Wilderness is for chumps. We just need uh, strip malls, that's all. <laughs> that is a wilderness. <laughs> it's a man-made wilderness, but it's a wilderness. Yeah. Have you ever tried to negotiate a strip mall? <laughs> it is so much harder to negotiate than actual wilds. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, Democratic leaders have vowed to bring the bill back, but did not say when or in what form. So, uh, yeah, no more wilderness. Oh, well. <laughs> it was fun while I was around, you know. Danger, 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 ozone. Ozone pollution increased the risk of death from respiratory diseases, according to an 18-year <clears throat> study. Meanwhile, the Obama administration wants to review controversial Bush-era standards for ozone pollution, which many EPA science advisors said, guess what? They weren't strict enough. <laughs> well, imagine that. <laughs> so here's another one. Playing hide and leak. That's not hide and seek, hide and leak. Uh, Senator James Inhofe, uh, notorious for his anti-environmental views, has triggered an investigation intended to force the National Wildlife Federation to reveal who leaked the Bush administration's plans to weaken the Endangered Species Act. <laughs> <laughs> so he wants to get back at whoever got the Bush administration in trouble. That's a very, very noble and nonpartisan goal of him. <laughs> I wonder how many people leaked it. Yeah. That, that would be the thing. That would be really funny if they come across <laughs> it and it's like 50 people yeah. end up leaking it. Like, they, they start getting all these uh, emails and faxes in from every single employee. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, I guess I can't get anybody in trouble. Everybody's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I have Spartacus. <laughs> Certain as death and carbon taxes. Greenhouse gas emissions must be quickly, must be cut more quickly and deeply than thought only two years ago. To avoid dire consequences and a straight-up carbon tax is the only realistic way to do it, says top scientist, top climate scientist James Hansen. That was one paragraph long, and I couldn't even say it right. <laughs> I made like three mistakes. Should I read it again? Uh, no, I think we got the gist <laughs> of it. <laughs> so another story. There's no time like the future. What? <laughs> The United States should not impose a cap-and-trade system to battle climate change this year because it would amount to a painful tax during a deep recession, Republican Senator Lamar Alexander said on Wednesday. Quote, Now is not the time to put a national sales tax on every electric bill and every gasoline purchase, said Alexander, who sits on the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee. Okay. Both sides of the story. Yes. <laughs> we are... Fair and balanced. <laughs> yes. Dry cycle. Surging, <laughs> Surging population growth, climate change, reckless irrigation, and chronic waste are placing the water world's water supplies at risk. And in case you weren't aware of it, there is much water in us as there is in the earth. Yeah. <laughs> 80, it's like 80%, right? It's one of the things that keep us alive. Well, besides oxygen and water, we could do without the rest of it for a really long time. So, mm. 
A landmark UN report said last Thursday about this. It gave a grim assessment of the state of the world's fresh water, especially in developing country, and described the outlook for coming generations as deeply worrying. We're not having very many good stories this week. Uh, uh, hey, this is the end of spring. Or the end, of, uh, end of winter. So we have to get all the grouchy end of winter stories out there and then well spring will be here and then we'll be like oh my god everything is so nice i need to get depressed <laughs> everything's so bright and happy yeah this is our spring cleaning so here's i'll, I'll mention both of these in a row because uh, they're sort of point and counterpoint <laughs> uh more hot air mit researchers have identified a potent new greenhouse gas and heat no warming the giant Greenland ice sheet may be more resistant to temperature rise than previously thought. <laughs> so you win some, you lose some, I guess, eh? Dude, where's my carbon? The EPA <clears throat> prepares to regulate greenhouse gases. Now, the EPA is rapidly laying the groundwork for regulation of greenhouse gas emissions, calling for major polluters to report their emissions. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, you pollute. Tell me how much you pollute. Yeah. It's the honor system. <laughs> and working on an assessment of the dangers posed by climate change. All this is upping the pressure on Congress to pass a climate bill soon and beat the Obama administration to the punch. <laughs> Someone wants to beat? Someone wants to beat the big O? <laughs> oh, we're going to have to do something about this. <laughs> Nobody's going to beat the big O. <laughs> but they might beat him because he's... <clears throat> The administration is a little slow on a few things. Yeah. Like everything. He's a busy man, I guess. <laughs> he's got all these things he says he's going to get to you, and we'll see if he does. I, I heard that they've got this great stimulus package, <laughs> but nobody knows what's in it. Yeah, it's a mystery. It's it, basically they just said, here's a bunch of money. Now let's figure out what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fun. Yeah, I'd okay. like that someone walks up to me and gives me, you know, billions of dollars. Like, okay, now, now we've got billions of dollars. Let's figure out what to do with it. Yeah, well, that's what we did to the banks, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> we just gave them money, and then we're like, oh, well, now you have to tell us what you're going to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's another one. Uh, now you see it. Sea levels to surge at least a meter by 2100, scientists warn. Months before make-or-break climate negotiations, a conclave of scientists warned Tuesday that the impact of global warming was accelerating beyond a forecast made by UN experts two years ago. Sea levels this century may rise several times higher than predictions <coughs> made in 2007 that form the scientific foundation for poly policymakers today, the meetings heard. So yeah, I actually heard about this too from another source. Uh, it's very unfortunate. How about this one? We've talked about the coal ash ponds where they ha they have just these giant ponds, which is just like a slurry of coal goo. Yeah. <laughs> and they call them coal ash ponds. It's better than polluting black glob of goo in water. Oh. <laughs> ash and you shall receive. The EPA will study and regulate ash coal from power plants. Huh? Really? I thought that was their job. Who's been studying and regulating it from now? That would just to let you know that was an editorial comment. <laughs> yeah. EPA administrator Lisa Jackson announced on Monday that the agency will study, study, and then regulate 
ash coal ponds at hundreds of coal-fired power plants across the country. Quote, environmental disasters like the one last December in Kingston should never happen anywhere in this country, she said. I thought one of these did happen in this country. <laughs> She's a little behind the times yeah. there. I think she meant should never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> so. so, let our science be your guide. President Obama issued a directive on Monday to, quote, guarantee scientific integrity in federal policymaking, which could affect issues from climate change to endangered species to national security. So big news from the big O. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's get into a few good articles. At least one. A friend with seeds is a friend indeed. Did you know that seed sales at some companies are up 20 to 30 percent as more Americans are embracing vegetable gardening? Hmm. That's good. Yeah. The problem is, is we'll have so much good food that people will start to eat better and then be healthier and then start being smarter because they're healthier. You know, because eating good makes you think better. Yeah. <laughs> and then the whole world will become better. Hey, wait a second. That's good. I like that. All right. <laughs> I was starting to get all riled up there. Yeah. Well, I've actually, uh, I've got a song we could send ourselves off on today since uh, we're having St. Patrick's Day celebrations uh, going around town. Um, unless you had any headlines you wanted to get to first. Well, let's just read, not busness as usual. Transit ridership in the U.S. hit a five record high in 2008. Ah, so people are using public transportation. Yeah, there you go. They must have listened to our radio show and realized, you know, oh. It's all that eating the good vegetables and listening to the show, so. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so here's another. Okay, so should we get to the song then? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is, uh, I haven't heard this one in a while, so I, I searched it out and got it again. It's, uh, if you know the song I'm Looking Over Four Leaf Clover, you may not have known that Willie Nelson did a version of it. <laughs> so here we go. This is, uh. A St. Patrick's Day salute, uh, Willie Nelson looking over four-leaf clover. Before I do that, we just had a weather advisory alert pop up. We have a National Weather Service for Jackson County, a flood warning. It issued a flood warning until 2.02 p.m. today, so ah. there you go. So be forewarned, be safe out there during the rainy weather. I'm looking over a four-leaf clover that I've overlooked before. First is the sunshine, the second is rain. Third is the roses that bloom in the lane. There's no need explaining, the one remaining is somebody I adore. I'm looking over a four-leaf clover that I've overlooked before.
thinking over a four-leaf clover that I've overlooked before. First is the sunshine, the second is rain. Third is the roses that bloom in the lane. There's no need explaining, the one remaining is somebody I adore. I'm looking over a four-leaf clover that I've overlooked before, that I've overlooked before.